In today's show, we'll recap all 11 games from Wednesday, including some big performances from some very interesting players. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. There's tons for us to talk about here. There's 11 games on, there's performances, there's weirdness, there's post-All-Star break injuries and fake injuries and all that sort of shit. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at some news. Um, a couple of injury updates that uh, that we need to talk about. Draymond Green, the Warriors offered an update that's not really an update. They just said, oh, it's progressing well, and at some point after the All-Star break, he'll be back. Oh, cool. That doesn't actually tell us anything. What it does tell us, I guess, that... I guess it tells us something that he hasn't gotten worse, but there's no time frame on it, and he hasn't rejoined practice, so you would think that he's at least three weeks away from returning, and you would guess probably middle of March is a reliable or realistic, maybe is the better word, return date for Draymond. If you're in a situation where you don't have injured reserve, with an unsure return and capacity we don't know, you can't hold on to him. You just can't. If you need that injury reserve slot, you might need to move on. Like This might be week two of your fantasy playoffs that he's back. No point holding a guy like that through week one of the playoffs, is there? We've got more positive news on Alex Caruso, the old rabbit hunter. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. And Zach Levine. Levine, the specialist said all, all good. So that's great. He should be back straight after the break. Awesome news. Alex Caruso, looks like he's going to be returning. They reckon in about seven days. So post-All-Star break, he should be able to get back to practice. And then maybe it's just like a few days after that. So he's not too far away. Whether he jumps straight back into a role that makes him a 12-team league guy, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be priority stashing him. But it probably means bad news for Kobe White, Ayodesunmu, and Javante Green. Yeah, the, my drop priority would be White goes first, then Green goes, then Desunmu goes, and he's got the best chance, Desunmu, of staying as a 12-team league guy. But of course, when Lonzo eventually returns, that will end in that one. Um, but yeah, for now, if you've got White, you've got Green, there are other more appetizing free agents out there that you want to get a jump on. I think you could expend the, those guys and not miss out on too much. As good as Green and White have been playing currently, and as dumb as it feels to drop a guy in advance there, you're looking at what's happening over the next seven days. And by the time the Bulls come out next, Levine's plan and Caruso's three days away. Like that, That's a possibility. And those guys lose a ton of their value and you've missed out on picking up that guy that you want to. Tristan Thompson, who had been playing a ton in Indiana, just played 20 minutes in today's game. We'll talk about later. And then they waived him. And he's going to go sign in Chicago. Obviously, he doesn't have value in Chicago, but why didn't they buy him out straight away? Why didn't they negotiate to trade him to Chicago as a part of the deal at the deadline? That's why I hate buyouts. What, Chicago just gets him for free. They obviously wanted him. The Pacers GM, what do they just said? Sorry, Rick, you're playing him too much. We need our other guys to play. The whole buyout system is a sham. And it's frustrating. 
and that's that's where we're at. But at least it's good. It takes away a name there from from that center front court rotational mix that was uh, or still is creating issues there in Indiana from a fantasy projections point of view. Anyway, let's look at the first game: Hawks and Magic. Hawks with a big win on the road against Orlando. You wouldn't expect too much more or too much too much less than that. I guess is a better way of phrasing it. They win at one thirty one oh nine. Um. Trey Young, he was good again. 22 points, 6 assists, only played 25 minutes. While Bogdanovich, on an absolute hot streak, Bogdan is. 69% shooting. Giggity! 26 minutes, 23 points, 6 assists, and 2 steals. It is absolutely gigantic sell-high time for him. Like, getting that sort of usage and that sort of shooting and that sort of assist rate in those low minutes is just not something that's maintainable long-term. Now, he is the better option out of him and Hunter and Herder, for sure, and he probably should be on a 12-team league. But have a look, because this sort of production is not a realistic standard. We only got 25 minutes out of Fanta Pants, 15 points, three three rebounds, three threes. I don't look at him as a 12-teamer. Well, Capella, how do we judge this? 31 minutes, 30 minutes, then 23. I get it's a blowout, and that probably helped or hurt his minutes. Eight and nine with two blocks. We still hold him, and that gave a Kongu a little bit more. But then he flashed again, 12 and six with two blocks. And we look at it and go, I know if you started, you will be 12-team worthy. In fact, really high 12-team worthy. It's just not going to happen. And the minutes just aren't going to be there. DeAndre Hunter proved again he's not a 12-team league player, 14-3 and three in his 27 minutes. While it was a pretty pretty poor night from the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! 11 points in 26 minutes there, not much going on. And John Collins should be back after the break, so you can preemptively drop Danilo Gallinari. For the Magic, Cole Anthony, only 25 minutes, which is frustrating. He did have some foul problems, but 23-7-5 with two threes is great. People have dropped him. Make sure he's not on your wire. Wendell Carter, 10 and 10 with six assists is strong. And it was good to see Mo Bumba play 27 minutes. Well, maybe it's not good. But if you do have Mo Bumba on your fantasy team, that's good. I don't know if it's good for their long-term future. I don't understand persisting with starting these two guys when one of them has shown he's probably not a starting caliber player. And that's Mo Bumba. He had 11 and 9 with a block, which is solid enough to hold. I think it might go south later on, though. Not the greatest night from Franz Wagner. Just the 29 minutes for him. 12-3-2. Well, Chumra Kiki was bad offensively, but brought two steals and a block, and that's what he does. He brings the steals and a block, the steals and blocks, but is much better offensively than someone like a Matisse Thibault. I think you're better off with a Kiki than Thibault. Um, Suggsy, 19 points on 19 shots. Horrendous efficiency, but the volume is good. The minutes are good. Four assists is strong. A steal is good. He's starting to look pretty good. I, I think he's a 12-team league player. Um, yeah, pretty comfortably. Let's look at the next game. It is the Wizards. And the Indiana Pacers. 108, Washington, 113, Indiana. Caldwell Pope, really big game from him. 27 points, 34 minutes, 5 threes, and 3 steals. He's absolutely okay to stream in in 12s, but he's wildly inconsistent. As I said on one of my shows earlier today, I'd rather him than, say, a Corey Kispert, who had 9 points on 10 shots and doesn't really do anything else. I don't really like him as a fantasy player. I think Denny Avdia showed again that he can be a 12-teamer. 14 and 7 with two threes. Not a must roster player, but a fringy guy. Well, Hal Neto is winning the battle over Ish Smith. 10 points, two threes, 33 minutes, most importantly. Eight assists and two steals. While Smith had 10, 3, and 4 in 21. I think it's going to be up and down between these guys in terms of who has 12 team league value. And Smith's a better per minute guy. But if it's 30 to 20 every day in terms of minutes, then Neto's your guy that you could consider streaming. The tank, Tom Bryant. I know he's coming back from an ACL injury, but it's, this is, I don't care. It's not cutting it. 
4.7 rebounds, and I hardly think it's getting better when Gafford's available to play, if he plays, and when Porzingis is back, if that's ever. And it's true. Porzingis literally might not play for this team, which was my expectation after the trade. And once again, he's been ruled out today and tomorrow. Ah, oh, Cal Supreze. What a shock that despite being allegedly healthy on the day of the trade, he's still out again with the same injury that kept him out before the trade. What are the odds? What are the odds of him being injured, getting traded, being healed when he was traded, and then the same injury coming up again? It is just remarkable bad luck for this franchise and for Porzingis. You wouldn't believe it. Did they walk under a ladder? Did they kick a black cat? It is just the the timing of those injuries. You, you wouldn't read about it. It's almost like someone was talking shit. But you know what? Maybe it's just horrendously bad luck. Ah, oh, well. We'll guess we'll never know. Kuzma had 26, 15, and 6 with 6 triples in his 38 minutes. Another strong night outside of the horrific shooting, but everything else was pretty good for him. While for the Pacers, did we figure anything out? Like, absolutely not. No, we didn't. Because there was no Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, or Gogo Badadze. None of those guys played. And they all, theoretically, could be playing at some point straight after the All-Star break. That's seven blokes, six blokes, who could come into this rotation. So I look at Tyrese Halliburton and go, you got a pretty safe role. Yeah, 21, 5, and 14. That's good. Poor shooting. That's fine. But I look at the 39 minutes that Budrick Heald played. His assists are way up, by the way. And if Brogdon does somehow come back, which I still don't think is going to happen, um, or, and when Duarte is back, what's Heald's playing time going to look like? 15, 5, and 7 here. The 7 assists. Will he play 39 minutes? Almost definitely not. You don't, like, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Like, I, I just don't see... Um, I just don't see how any of that stuff can work. It's um, yeah, it's it, it's it's great for now, but there's just an absolute um, an absolute ton uh, of uncertainty. I guess is the best way. Um, the best way of saying that. All right, let's um, what else we have to talk about? I don't know, I'm all over the place here. Um, Lance Stevenson played 34 minutes, 11, 6, and 4 with three steals and a block. That's great, again, but everyone's out. The Red Rooster played 36 minutes, 18 and 9 for Terry Taylor. It took 82% shooting and all those guys to be out. Do not add Terry Taylor in 12-team leagues. Jalen Smith only played 23 minutes in a spot start, which is frustrating. Two steals, a block, eight points, and three rebounds is all right. Well, Brissett was much better than yesterday, but was bad from the line and ended up with 17 and 6 with two steals and a block. And he's fine to hold in 12s. But again, the other thing is like Tristan Thompson played 21 minutes here. Now he's on a new team, straight after the game. How how does how do you make sense of any of this stuff? I think would be my question to anybody. How does anybody figure out how their rotation is going to go? Like I'm still prioritizing Isaiah Jackson over Goga, and prioritizing over Brissett, over Jalen Smith, over Terry Taylor. But it could go in millions of directions. Maybe they just do not want to play Jackson at the four, and Miles Turner comes back and he plays 18 minutes behind Turner. That's a distinct possibility. And Brissett plays 34 minutes as the starting four. Or all these guys at the four play 17 minutes. Smith and Brissett and Jackson, who knows? And Goga's the backup behind Turner. We honestly don't know. And it's frustrating to not have any level of certainty about mainly the status of uh, Turner and Brogdon. We just don't know what's going on with them. And it continues to be inordinately frustrating. But it's not inordinately frustrating to use better lines. It's a number one spot for all of your betting needs. Basketball, we're going full steam ahead. Pro and college hoops. And BetOnline is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. 
BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to the next game. Detroit. They beat the Celtics 112-111. Wowee. Big game for the Pistons. Let's see how things went. Well, the depressed penis continues to play really well. 20 and 11. He's assists away up. Six assists, two steals, five threes. If he can be this well-rounded, score this efficiently, bring offense in terms of other things that aren't scoring, like passing, and get the steals, then his value is really up. And that's not something he ever showed at any other point in his career. So he has taken really big steps forward, and it's, it's impressive. Jeremy Grant had his best game back, 24 points, four threes, and two steals, while Cade Cunningham was inefficient, 20 points on 36% shooting, but eight rebounds and six assists was nice. It was also Kelly Olynyk's best game since returning. He still played only 17 minutes. He had 15 points, three threes, two steals, and six rebounds. And they're still persisting with Marvin Bagley for 23 minutes. And I don't know what it's going to take for people to realize he is terrible. We still keep... Oh, but he was the number two pick for a reason. Yeah, the reason was Vladdy Divac was a terrible GM. That is the reason he was the number two pick. Not because he deserved to be the number two pick. Not because he's shown anything to be good in the NBA. It's because of a bad decision. And now that gets... How long does it take to break that curse? Why don't we bring Derek Williams back or Thomas Robinson back? Because they were top five picks. Him getting 23 minutes is just horrific. Six and six on bad percentages again. And what do you know? Zero three, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. One of the worst fantasy players you'll find. Not a 12-team... But he's rostered in leagues. Like, what, are we, what are we doing? It's not a 12-team league player. Corey Joseph played 30 minutes. He had five points. That's sick. Well, uh, Killian Hayes had four points in 18. So the old Dwayne Casey, let's go with the veterans, is, is working there, I guess. We had another 29 minutes from Alf Stewart. The Flaming Galar has been much better. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flaming Galars. 12 and 6 with a steal and a block. Yeah, putting up some back-end 12-team league numbers. Really, really strong. Um, really, really strong numbers. No, uh, num not numbers. Numbers. For the Celtics, no Smart, no Williams. Maximum Derek White started. He played 36 minutes. Unfortunately, he shot 30% for nine points, but six boards, six assists, three steals, and two blocks is exactly what Derek White brings. Yes, it looks like Smart has avoided serious injury, which is great news, and he might be back straight after the break. We don't know that, but he might be back. But White's still going to have value. It just won't be in 36 minutes. It'll be in 29 minutes. This was all right. Grant Williams was great, 41 minutes. 17 points, four threes, and two blocks. Good game from Grant, but Rob Williams was out. Grant is more of a 14-team league player, while Al Horford also was awesome. 19-7-7, and seven, one steal, two blocks. Not awesome enough for them to win, but he was awesome. Jalen had 31-2-6, and six, and Jason Tatum had 22-4-5. Jalen Brown hurt his ankle, stayed in the game. At least he'll get this rest now across the All-Star break. And we saw, yeah, what is more realistic to expect from Daniel Tice. Four points in 16 minutes, three rebounds, two steals. Um, and this is without Williams. So don't get overly excited about what he did yesterday. We got a, uh, a definite bring back to earth sort of moment, which was, yeah, I think always going to happen. The Knicks, they blow a 28-point lead to the Nets. 111-106, Brooklyn wins it. Still no Durant, Irving, Simmons, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, DNP'd again. Oh, yeah, if you aren't aware of this, you should have dropped him weeks ago, but you can go and Jack Armstrong, Nick Claxton. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah. Um, get him out of there. You don't need to. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't need to hold him. The center rotation: twenty-two minutes for Aldridge, eighteen and ten. 
That's very good numbers two games in a row. I do not buy LaMarcus Aldridge being a top 100 guy in 21 minutes. It's just very hard to look at someone to be that efficient with that high usage with all those players out. So short-term, no worries. You can stream if you want. I just don't think the long-term 12-team value is there. Drummond, 19 rebounds is sick. But he still only played 23 minutes, and they went with a three-center rotation. And again, I think it's going to be hard for him to play more than this when Simmons is around. This The, the lineup doesn't make sense. 11 and 19, he was bad from the field and bad from the free-throw line. For now, sure, 12-team league guy, if he fits in specifically what you need. But I worry that it is going to taper. Blake Griffin was the third center. He had eight points in 15 minutes. The Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, Again, just adding more fuel to the fire that when a random role player goes off for a career night, if you go to add them chasing that game, you're going to be let down. That is not a hard and fast rule, but in general, that's what happens. We've seen Bruce Brown start and play lots of times. He had 9-5 and five in 27 minutes with a steal. And that is not 12-team worthy. If you want him on a 12-team league, by all means. I just don't see it. He's more of a 14-team league player to me who's getting a nice little spike with players out. Good game from Seth. Maybe a sell high, in fact. 20 points for Curry, 6 triple, 6 assists. Again, because of the players that are absent. And Jim Johnson had 14-7-5 with a steal. And you know what? I should have talked about this earlier, but I'm going to talk about it now. Kyrie Irving and the vaccination thing. Adam Silver came out and said, hey, you know what? It is a little bit unfair that visiting unvaccinated players are allowed to play in New York and Kyrie's not. And that's true. The rule is dumb in that sense. And I know that it's, it's a legality thing in terms of being able to force people who aren't part of the city to abide by those rules and all that sort of stuff. It's dumb. And then the mayor, is he, is he actually in or the mayor-elect, Eric Adams, came in and said the same thing. Hey, this seems pretty unfair. But he was also like, I'm not sure I want to send that message that, hey, we're just opening up spaces to allow unvaccinateds um, in to, to play. Look, I don't... The fact that these two guys came out and said, yeah, this is unfair and we're probably going to look at it is interesting. I don't know that it portends to a change in the rule at any point soon. It's obviously more likely that there's a change in this rule coming in the near future than there was, say, a week ago based on the statements from Silver and Adams today. But I don't think that this is a guarantee that this vaccine mandate is being changed in New York City. I don't know that it is. Cam Thomas played 30 minutes, 21 points. This is what he does. He took 21 shots and the volume is just not going to be there. When these other players arrive and return, it is just not going to be there. And that he's fine to stream in for points, but that is all he gives. All he gives. Um, let's look at the Knicks. The double royal, Julius Randle. Just a line which has become pretty standard for him at the moment. 53 fantasy points, 31 and 10, 4 threes. He actually blocked two shots as well. He's back to the 20th ranked player over the last two weeks. So it was a stage where he was outside the top 200. He's flying. Mitchie Robinson had some foul trouble. That's why he played only 23 minutes. He had two points with seven boards and three blocks. While Fournier's, yeah, good streak continues. 16 points, 4 threes, a steal and a block. Good numbers. Grimy didn't do much. Eight points in 32 minutes for Quentin. And his value is literally just tied to Barrett's absence. Barrett comes back, Grimy goes back to the waiver wire. In fact, given we've got the break coming up here, I wouldn't be holding on to Grimes. Like, he can, he can jack all the way off. Like, you don't need to worry about holding on to him. Kemba Walker, people are still holding him. God knows why. Nine points in 21 minutes. And same with our mate, Alec Burks. Alec Berg. Why are we holding him? Three, five, and five in 26 minutes. There's no reason for him to be on a roster in 12-10 leagues. And Cam Reddish, man, he's just really struggling. And he won't be in the rotation when these other players return. I better talk about Emmanuel quickly. And I just cannot get an idea of what is going on with him. 
or his playing time or anything like that because he went off here. 18 points, six rebounds, four assists, 21 minutes, 70% shooting. That's all awesome stuff from him. But you know, the other day he was 0 of 6 in 12 minutes. His minutes are all over the place. And I do not think that Tom Thibodeau is going to trust him um, with any sort of consistent role, unfortunately for him and unfortunately for those of you who would like to add him in fantasy leagues. It just probably isn't going to happen. But what is going to happen is you, when you're looking for parts for your car, if you're going to first thought is going to be, I'll go to a local chain auto parts store and I'm going to be on your shoulder going, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Why would you go and waste money and time and mental energy in a chain auto parts store when you could just go to Rock Auto? Rock Auto is an online family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Whatever the part you need, you're going to get it. And the prices are always reliably low. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same part? So head to rockauto.com and in there, how did you hear about us box right locked on? And you can find all of those parts that are available for your car or truck, whether that's motor oil, carpets, tail lamps, brake parts, whatever. Rock Auto is going to have it. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Raptors, they beat the Wolves, 103-91. Good win. Toronto was without Fred Van Vliet. So that skews things a little bit. Let's talk about the good. 17-9-9 for Siakam, bad shooting, but good. Gary Trent. Big volume, huge volume. 30 points in 39 minutes. He shot only 42%, was 71 from the line, hit five threes. It was a solid night from Trenner. Scotty Barnes only had nine points, but had three steals, a block, and four assists. Good numbers across the board. He's sort of hovering around that top 100 zone. Let's talk about the bad. The Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. He's in a real slump. There is no denying it. 10 points in 30 minutes. Zero threes, zero steals, zero blocks. One rebound and one assist. He shot 36%. That's really poor. He's outside the top 100 over the last two weeks, but I implore you, do not drop him. There are a lot of people panicking about Ananobi. His minutes aren't going anywhere. His role's not going anywhere. He won't continue to shoot 30% from the field. feel pretty confident in saying that. He's a massive buy low. If you've got him, hold. If you don't, find the manager who does because they could be panicking. Buy low, massive buy low. If people are considering dropping him, he is a buy low. And then the centers. They started Ken Birch and not Precious Achua, but it was Achua who played more minutes. 21 of them. He had 11 and 6. Birch had 8 and 4 with 2 blocks. Boucher played 22 minutes and had 5 and 10. Enter Thad Young, who played 21 minutes as well. 10 and 5 with a steal and a block and was in the closing lineup. And that was encouraging. Young played well. He's better than Boucher. He's better than Birch and he's better than Achua. I don't think there should be too much debate about that. But my concern has always been, how do you work four centers into the rotation? And when the starters are all playing 40 each, where's the playing time? Again, we got some interesting stuff with Young closing. But, kid, sorry. There's no fucking way he was going to be closing if Fred Van Vliet was there. He just wouldn't have been. And what? Yeah, who misses out? Is Achua out of the rotation? Maybe, probably. Is Birch out? Is Boucher out? I, I would love Thad to get 25. This game doesn't indicate to me that he will. It indicates to me that he's gaining a little bit of trust and maybe he finds a 21-minute-a-night role, but is that enough? If I'm in a desperation stage where I need wins and I need categories, is he a hold? I don't know. If you're in luxury stash, fine, no worries. Do it. See where it comes. But the runway and the path of those minutes isn't particularly clear. For the Wolves, Anthony Edwards. Jesus, he shouldn't have played. 
Um, he's, uh, his ankle's just bad, man. It must be bad. Six points. O of eight shooting. He was six of 10 from the line. Six, three, and one. An absolute stinking performance from him. Stinking. In fact, over the last two weeks, Anthony Edwards is the 223rd ranked player. It is a stinking stretch of games. At least he'll get some time off. Let's talk Vanderbilt bar. Bad. Bad. 18 minutes, 4 points, 4 assists, and a block. Outplayed again by Jaden McDaniels, who had 18 and 7 with a triple one. Is Vanderbilt bar a drop? I think in points leagues, yes. We talked about this on the wire show today. I still do think that he can be a 12-team category league player, but everything is trending down. And it is not the end of the world to drop. It's not like, if you drop Ananobi, I'm going to say, what are you doing? If you drop Vanderbilt, I'll go, hey, you know what? That's fine. Absolutely fine. I still believe he's better than this and the rest will rejuvenate him. But if you need to move on, in the end, it doesn't actually matter that much. And he can move on from him. If that's the decision that you need to make and you don't have the patience or you don't have the ability to be patient because of strategies in your league and guys like this and you want to grab McDaniels, do it. McDaniels has had ample opportunity this season. He's played the same amount of minutes as Vanderbilt, 104th versus 192nd ranked player. That's Vanderbilt on top. It's not like he hasn't had opportunities, and he's, but he's firing up right now, and he does look a little bit different. So I've got no problem with making that switch. I'm not fully confident that it's going to stick at this level, but it is trending in the right direction. Beasley was bad, while Russell had eight points in 32, and Paddy Beverly, 10 points, steal, block, three assists, two threes, good production right across the board. Nothing changes there. He does remain as a must-roster player. The Spurs, they handled the Thunder 114-106, Pirtle was brilliant. 20 and 17 with five assists and two blocks. Continues to be excellent. 51 fantasy points. And it was also a great game from Calden. 22 and 7 in 36 minutes from KJ. He had two steals. He's now top 70 over the last two weeks. And he's pushing to be maybe top 120. Well, he's not top 120 yet, but he is pushing. He's doing much better. DeJounte had 18, 7 and 8. One of his quieter nights, but still strong. And the bounce back from Devin Vassell happened. 33 minutes, 15, 5 and 6, a block, two threes. This is why he's a must-roster player. If he was dropped, go and add him. Going at him. McDirt played 22 minutes for 16 points, while Lonnie Walker had 17 points in 28 minutes. Good from Lonnie. The problem is it just takes him so many shots to get there. 38% shooting, 16 attempts, and he doesn't do very much else. I would not be interested in adding Lonnie in 12 or 14 or 16 team leagues. Josh Richardson made his Spurs debut, had three points in 14 minutes, while Zach Collins, again, he is the backup to Yucca Pirtle, and he is not going to get enough minutes. Zero points in 16 minutes for Zach Collins. The people that are luxury stashing him in 12s, I don't understand it. I don't understand it even in 14 team leagues. The, the role just isn't there. Unless you're hoping on a purdle injury, I just don't see how it happens. For the Thunder, Giddy, another triple-double, three in a row. 17, 10, and 10 is veering into sell high territory here. While the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, 22 points in 29 minutes. One of his best games, probably his best game for the year. Two threes, two steals, a block, good game. But there was no Shea, no Dort, no Kenrich, no Ty Jerome, no Robinson Earl, no Muscala. That's seven rotation players. So it's very hard to look at this too um, too closely. You know, with Williams out, Pokyshevsky played 30 minutes, 10 and 10, four assists, two blocks and two threes. Shot poorly. But that's why we like Poku from a dynasty or from a fantasy perspective. Assists, blocks, threes, rebounds. It's a great combo. The minutes have gone way down and now they're way up. Is Kenrich going to miss time through the break? We don't know. We don't expect him expect him to, but he could. Flyer option. Same with Roby, who had 17 and 12 with three steals and a block. The guys, um, 
the guys in his um, in his way are not particularly um, are not particularly good. <laughs> I was trying to think of a better way to say that, but yeah, they're not particularly good. The the guys in his way. It's we're talking about uh, Derek Favors, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. so Roby could. Yeah, find himself in a strong role rest of season, but it's far from a guarantee. This was a good game, but I'm not going to rely on it too much. Trey Mann, 31 minutes, 24 points, three threes. Good scoring on extreme volume. But remember, Gildas Alexander and Dort, they're your two usage guys, and he's not going to be able to do this. I would not even bother with him in 12s. Well, Darius Baisley had been playing well, and he went back to bad base. Two points, six shots, no defensive stats. He had four assists. He's worth a 12-team hold, but do not be afraid to cut him. Like, he's not that good. If you look, It feels like it's just going to be a complete mess again between Poku and Roby and Baisley and Williams and Dort and Muscala and, and all these guys is going to be coming in and out and Roby and coming in and out of minutes and rotations that it's going to be hard to establish any long-term value for a lot of these players. The Kings and the Bulls. The Bulls win at 125-118 for the Kings. Sabonis bounces back with 22-12-8 with two steals. Big game from him. While Darren Fox getting the numbers... 41 minutes, 33, 6, and 9 with two steals and two threes on really good shooting. This is the guy that we were drafting in round three. He's 27th over the last two weeks. He had 55 fantasy points. It's only taken us three and a half months to get there in 55 games, but here we are. Justin Holiday played 37 as a starter, 18 points with six threes, all of his points from three. He had two blocks. I don't look at him as a 12. While Harrison Barnes, the try again, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 17 points in 34 minutes. The Big Ragu played 29 minutes with Davion Mitchell and Jeremy Lamb out. But like when we were talking earlier about um, Bruce Brown, eh, there's inconsistencies. He was great last game. He was 9-3-5 here and 25%. That's hardly interesting, is it? The minutes are good, but two shooting guards are out, Mitchell and Lamb. They said there's a chance that he might get some starts at some point next to Fox. Then, then you got Holiday and Mitchell and Lamb all coming off the bench. How does it fit in? What do the minutes look like? I mean, he's totally all right to have as a 12-team league guy, but he's not moving the needle. And you're going to get way more value out of that spot, I think, through streaming it rather than must-rostering it. Again, I know some of you still need the extra push. Here's the push. You're never going to get a more more bigger... That's the terrible terrible wording. You're never going to get a more clear sign that you need to drop Rashawn Holmes. Get that garbage out of here! I like Rashawn Holmes. The dude went scoreless in 10 minutes. What? People are so grasping at straws that I've had multiple people ask me, hey, maybe the Kings buy him out. Dude, they're not. They just signed into like a three or four year deal. He's not getting bought out. It's, it's not happening. If Simonis, Simonis gets injured, sure, we add him. You're wasting your time. Do not hold on to Rashawn Holmes. You are wasting time. You should have dropped him as soon as the deadline passed. You are wasting time. Mo Harkless went back to 30 minutes. He had three steals, but he's very hard to rely upon in 12s. For the Bulls, another monster from DeMar DeRozan. He is your number one fantasy player over the last two weeks. And if that if that does not um, indicate to you that he's a sell-high, sell I don't know why I said it that way, that he's a sell-high, um, I, I don't really know what is. Now, in most cases, just write it out, man. Like, it's been awesome. It is helpful that Zach Levine is out and that a lot of other players are out on this team, but he has been great. But if anyone wants to give you a top five player back, do it. If not, enjoy the ride and understand that it's going to drop off at some point. Kobe White, speaking of dropping off, 31, five and six with six triples. He shot remarkably well, but he played 40 minutes because Levine, Ball, Caruso are all out. 
Two of those guys, especially Levine, will be back straight after the break. Caruso, not far off. As I detailed earlier, Lonzo's still a bit further away. And that's going to have an impact on White. Dasunmu, 40 minutes, 12, 6, and 6, two steals and a block, a great line. But will he get 40 minutes a night when these guys filter back in? No, he won't. So there will be a drop-off. So sell highs are in effect here. Javante Green, great as well. 15 and 6 with three threes, 86% shooting. And one thing I've got to really pass through to everybody, I've seen this as a trend developing, is it like, maybe not like you, I don't know whether you do this. I do it. I follow a bunch of people who report on the, on teams, who are fans of teams, who do fan, write on fan sites, all this sort of stuff across all spectrums. So I get opinions of everything. And the one thing you see is immediately you'll see someone tweet and they'll say, um, like Javante Green, he's been so awesome lately. And you go, oh, okay, well, wow, there's some fantasy value in that. And you go, this is what he's done over the last three games. 74% from three, 72% from two, and he's averaging 14 points. Yeah, what an awesome player. That's so sick. And that's great in the thing. But for us, when we have to pass that information coming from team people who look at it and go, yeah, look, this is great. We actually know that there is no way that this can continue. So that what he is doing now, the numbers that he is coming with are fueled through stuff which has no chance of happening or no chance of continuing, like absolutely none. And nearly every time a, a reporter or a fan of a team talks about it, wow, this guy is killing it. 98% of the time, they are talking about a player who's had a street where they've hit three shots in a row or four shots in a row, or they're going off at an unbelievable clip because that's what gets our attention. Man, this guy cannot miss. Whereas when you look at it from an analytical fantasy point of view, you know if someone's shooting 85% in a game, well, then a 20% is coming around the corner. And to a lot of people, that indicates good form or bad form. Wow, what a player. Everything's going in. Wow, how bad is he? Nothing will go in. And we know that this stuff tends to even out. So just when you see those tweets and when you see people being so complimentary of players on their team they're following, a lot of the stuff, this is not to blame them. It's a natural reaction to do it. Wow, everything's going in. And when you realize that the odds of this stuff happening, there's no chance. It is going to revert. And it's going to revert in a lot of cases pretty hard. And then the, the praise for that player will disappear. We love highlighting when something positive is happening. This is great. He can't miss. He's averaging 14 points on 94 true shooting. Why? Wow, what a player. What a great signing. This is the best. It's the best. It's the best. But we've got to be able to look at that and go, well, that is actually great. But there's no way that it's continuing. There is no way. You'll get a minutes drop and an efficiency drop and a usage drop and it's going to turn into a pile of shit in your face. That's just how it's going to work out. But not everyone knows that. Not everyone, or maybe people subconsciously know it, but they don't automatically think it. And it's where you can get an advantage in trade discussions. It's why we talk about buy lows and sell highs so often. I hope that all made sense. Portland, what's going on with this team? They beat Memphis, 123-119. Anthony Simons continues to be amazing. 31 points, 5 triples, 6 assists. And while we love what he's doing, there is a distinct element of um, sell high here. A huge element of sell high. And I'll tell you why. Because he's shooting at like 54%, I think, from 2. 49% from 3. And while it looks great, the last few games, and again, timing is super important. CJ goes... The whole power goes, all that sort of stuff. Last three games, Simon's like 30 points a game and looks awesome. But you realize that the five games before that, he scored 19, 19, 19, and 8. And the shots weren't going into that same level. Right? So if that would turn around, if when CJ and Norm were there, he was hitting 50% of his threes and averaging 30 points, and then they got traded, and then he hit 35% of his shots and averaged 19, you go, what's going on? Why is Simon's not good? Nah, I thought he'd step up with these guys out of here. 
So timing is so important. I am not saying, you, you obviously do not drop Anthony Simons just in case somebody's misinterpreting what I'm saying. But maybe it gives you a little bit of a sell high moment to look at this again when the timing lines up. Hey, since they've been traded, he's averaging 30 points per game. Holy shit, that's awesome. But he's doing that on stuff which is going to come down. Yes, his 30% usage might stick, but 50% from three will not. And it will come back even if it's to 40. That is a gigantic drop off. Three and a half threes comes down to 2.5 threes. That's three fewer points per game. It's a big drop in your overall field goal percentage. All of this stuff matters. And if you can squeeze the value out, give me a top 20 player back for Simons. He's got no one in front of him. He's going to have this runway. When you know in your back of your head that this is not going to stick, it's a, it's a way to go about it. Nurkic, 32 and 8, stealing a block. Like He's not going to be a 32-point-per-game guy either. Killing him. 70% from the line as well, hitting the free throw. 71 from the field. Well, Josh the Hitman Hart was also sick. 22, 7, and 6. These guys are going to have big numbers. These three. And even Justice Winslow, 16, 7, and 3. Must roster player. After that, it gets iffy. Allaby had one point in 31 minutes, missed all six of his shots. McLemore had 14 in 23. And they're more 14 to 16 team league guys. But Simons, Nurkic, Hart, and Winslow, absolute 12 team guys. With, you know, if they all finish from here on out top 70, it's not a surprise. Not at all. Uh, Jar Morant returned from his one-game ankle absence. 38 minutes, 44, 5, and 11, and went an astonishing 21 of 25 from the free throw. One of the best games you'll see. Excellent. Desi Bain bounced back as well. 30 with seven triples, huge shooting. And Brandon Clark played 26. Always good to see that. 12 and 10, two steals, two blocks. Continues to be a very, very good fantasy player. The Wave Pool only played 17. DeAnthony Melton, but nine points, two threes, two steals. That's okay. I don't think he's a 12-team league player because those minutes are hard to do that in. While it was a bad night from Jaron Jackson, seven points in 26 with 20% shooting, and Adams had just the two points, he did bring six rebounds and four assists, and he will occasionally have these stinking shooting nights, Steve Adams, and stinking conversion nights. But in general, um, in general, he is he well, he has been better better than that in, on most uh, on most of these nights. Uh, Kyle Anderson, basically out of the rotation, just the eight minutes for Ando. That's a little bit weird. On to the next game. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. The Suns win it, 124-121. But Alperen Sengun played 28 minutes. He had 19 and 14. He hit three threes, he had three assists, he had two steals, and he had one block. It's, it's great. Like, it's a great line. I think he's going to be a very good player. Does this mean that we must rush out and grab Sengun? No, it doesn't. I tell you, this is why. I like Sengun. Somehow I've become the poster boy of, man, I must love Shengun, even though I've said many, many times to drop him. I like him as a player. I think there's great potential and great fantasy value potentially having, having him. But Christian Wood was out. So Shengun started. He did what we expect him to be able to do at times. But if, if you think, if you think that this means that Shengun is now going to start over Christian Wood, I think you're going to be frightfully wrong. I think it's in their best interest to try and see what Shengun can give them, but I think you're going to be frightfully wrong. Maybe they start him and push Tate to the bench. Maybe they do that. I don't know. I honestly doubt it. Now, it's really tantalizing. We look at that and go, like, fuck, how do I leave that on the wire? Like, how can you? But literally, Wood might play tomorrow and Shengun plays 20 minutes behind him and gets nowhere near this. That's the risk. There is no harm with five games on tomorrow streaming Shengun in and seeing what happens. But despite playing 24 minutes a night over the last two weeks, he's 195th. This was great, 
But this is what we've said all along. You know what it's going to take? A wood trade or a wood injury. And instead, we got a wood illness, which comes in with injury, and it happened. And then wood comes back, and then where it go? Where do we go? I do not think that this is, all right, Christian, you can sit down and be, play 17 a night. Can you imagine what known, calm person Christian Wood is going to do in that situation? How do you, do, what, what do you think calm, um, uh, beverage-throwing Kevin Porter Jr. might do in that situation? How does that go down in the locker room? I'm going to guess not particularly well. And I just think there's very little chance of it happening. This was sick. This was great. Maybe they do try starting him with Tate. I'm not convinced they do. But this was basically a an opportunity blow up. Woods out. He starts. That's great. He'll go back to the bench. That's what I'm expecting. Happy to be proven wrong. Take a flyer. Whatever. Not a problem with five games on tomorrow and the Rockets playing. Whatever. Take the flyer. Just be prepared. We also got 39 minutes of Dennis Schroeder. Like, I mean, sure. 23 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, a steal, and a block. There is no one ever debating that Schroeder puts up minutes when he plays because he does. And if he's given the opportunity to be a usage guy and to play big minutes, he will be a fantasy-relevant player. Whether you want your team to do that because he's a losing contributor on a court in general, yeah, you probably don't. But Porter was out, so he started and got good numbers. But Porter is dealing with the same tummy, tummy illness that Christian Wood is, and he'll probably be back really soon. So I don't think this is an, an idea to add Schroeder at all. And with those two guys out, Porter and Wood, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Just a monster. 22 and 10, 78% shooting, 8 of 8 from the line, perfection. He's not a top 120 player this season. He has these games and he has these nothing performances. Jalen Green was a bit better, 17 points in 35. Eric Gordon scored 20. But you got the two biggest guys on this team out. KJ Martin had 11 and 6 strong. Joshy Christopher played 11 minutes, which is very disappointing considering that Schroeder is stealing his playing time. But I don't know how much we get out of this, you know, seeing these big Shengun and Schroeder lines because Wood and um, Porter are massive parts of what this team does. And they weren't there. And they're not out for long term. Chris Paul got ejected. I love seeing ejections. It's the best thing. I love it. You said a bad word. You must stop playing. All right, bye-bye. Uh, 11.6 assists in his 19 minutes. Booker had 24 with 8 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. I would help him. The efficiency was rough. While Aiton had one of his better games as well, 23 and 9. Bridges, 17 and 7, but weirdly bad from the line and no defensive stats. And really not much more there. The interesting thing here is Cam Johnson played 31 and Jay Crowder played 22. That is interesting, but Crowder had four fouls. So is that a part of it? Probably. I don't think that Cam Johnson is a must-hold-on-to 12-team asset. Look, if you want to use the example, if I've got Cam Johnson, I would drop him for Shengun to see what happens tomorrow and then be disappointed in what happens with Shengun tomorrow. But I would do that. I've got no compunction. If I had Vanderbilt, I would probably drop Vanderbilt and try a Shengun for tomorrow. Because again, what I lose out on there, eh, whatever. So I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be holding on to Cam Johnson just on that hope. Aaron Holiday is getting the backup spot over Alfred Payton. Good, because Alfred Payton is really bad. And Aaron Holiday is just a little bit bad. So I guess that's an upgrade. All right, let's go to the first of the last two games, both of which pretty crazy endings. The Nuggets, they win at the buzzer on a Monty Morris game winner. Can you believe it? The most boring man in the league hits a game-winning shot to win the game. 
Monty Morris ended with 13-4-6 and six in his first game back from concussion. And that's still just a totally fine Monty Morris line. But there's excitement, mate, because he hit the big one. Hit the big one to win in the game. Shout out to you, Monty. Big Chungus was um, just, you know, fantastic as usual. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus. Big, big. 35, 17, and 8 for Jokic. Bit rough from the line, but otherwise good. And Bryn Forbes got hot somehow. 30 minutes, 22 points. In true Bryn Forbes style, he had zero rebounds and zero assists. Do not fall for it. Do not bite. It is fool's, fool's gold every time. Don't do anything with it. With him playing well and Will Barton playing terrible, Barton played just 21 minutes. He had two points. Don't drop Barton. Zeke Nagy was out, so we've got DeMarcus Cousins and Jermichael Green filling his role. Well, it was a stinker from Aaron Gordon with just 10 points, but he did have nine boards and five assists. And of course, with Morris back, the big stiffy Bones Highland had five points in 17 minutes and shot 18%. You can go ahead and drop Bones if you did stream him in for those games that Morris was out. For the Warriors, they changed the starting lineup. Gary Payton replaced John Kaminga. 25 minutes for Payton. 12 and 4 with six steals and a block. That is huge. But we've seen Peyton start, Porter start, Kaminga start, and Moody start in that spot throughout this time that Draymond's been out. It's very hard to look at these. Look, I look at this for Peyton and go, that's sick. That's a great line. But does he even start next game? The six steals is unrealistic. He'd been playing like 12 minutes a night. It's just going to be consistent ups and downs and move ons and move forwards and all this sort of shit. Kaminga played 21. He had 12 and 3. And he looked all right, but he still only played 12 minutes, even while he was shooting 83%. It's very hard to look at him as a 12-team league player. Moody's not even in the rotation anymore. Jordan Poole had 15 points, but played 22 minutes. Five assists, two steals, and a block. Good numbers there. Still a 12-team league guy. While Clay Thompson struggled with his shot again. 16 points on 33%. He did have four assists. He did hit three threes. It's better than last game, but still not great. While Curry was great. 25-3-6 and six on 53% shooting. His shooting is back in business of late. He's still not going at the level that he was to begin the season. But he is playing at a pretty good level now. A bit of an improvement. Otto Porter, 10 points in his 23 minutes. And then we go to the last game of the night, where the Utah Jazz flounder, I guess. They were shit house. They were up big over the Lakers, and somehow the Lakers come back and get the win, 106-101. Just really bad from Utah to lose again to the Lakers. It wasn't because Donovan Mitchell didn't put up big numbers, because he did. He's done. He's good. 37 points, five threes, five assists, four steals. Gobert was pretty bad, I thought. Five points in 28 minutes with 11 boards and three blocks. Whiteside had his seven and eight. You can drop Hassan Whiteside. I don't know why people are still holding. Please drop him in 12-team leagues. Conley had six points. He really struggled. Bogdanovich had 15 on 14 shots. Didn't do much else there, as usual. Two rebounds and literally nothing. Actually, true. Three threes. No assists, no steals, no blocks. Um... Just a bad night. Royce O'Neal was okay. Like, numbers are fine. 10 points, two threes, three steals, and a block. But on court, some really bad mistakes late. And I just don't see him as a 12-team league player. He's a 14-team league guy in my mind. And again, one of those guys, if you look at rankings that include turnovers, they'll tell you he's like a top 90 guy. And it's just pure bullshit. He isn't. This is good, though. Those steals and blocks are good. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't be trusting that. For the Lakers, let's get to the big part. Anthony Davis... That looked really bad. Really bad ankle injury. The x-rays are negative. He will be reevaluated after the All-Star break. Um, I would be... I would be stunned if he's back in the regular season. That looked like a... That looks like it's measured in months, not weeks. And by months, I mean, yeah, two. Six to eight weeks, which puts him maybe back in April. 
I wouldn't drop Anthony Davis. Do not drop him because we need more information. But just don't count him being there and view the other players in that lens. LeBron had 33-8-6. and six. That's strong. Taylor Horton Tucker. Don't look now, but Horton Tucker is close to a top 100 player over the last two weeks. He scored three points on six shots, which is bad. But he played 30 minutes. He had four blocks, five rebounds, three assists. It's another strong performance for category leagues. There might be an opportunity here for him to be a 12-teamer. If Malik Monk was dropped, I would add him. He only had 13-5, and five, but played 29 minutes, had two steals. He started with Avery Bradley out. And they're going to need his shot creation with Davis out. I would make sure he's rostered. Westbrook wasn't anything exciting. 17-7-6 with bad free throws. While Stan Johnson played 19 minutes for four points and Trevor Ariza uh, had three points in 19 minutes. Neither of those guys are saving anybody's fantasy season. We've seen Davis out before. Nobody is that great at it. It's not, it's not Ariza. It's not Johnson. It's not Howard. It's not bloody DeAndre Jordan if they go back to that one. Um, you'll get guys like Austin Reeves played 29 minutes tonight chipping in. Horton Tucker and Monk are probably the best bets, and I'd have Monk over Horton Tucker. But now maybe Carmelo Anthony, when he returns post-break, there can be some value for him playing instead of 24. He plays 27. He takes some more shots. He can be a 12-team league guy in this scenario. So I wouldn't count him out of it. But it's going to be Monk, Mallow, then Horton Tucker. That's probably how I'd look at it. But again, Taylor is putting up some solid numbers at the moment. Don't know if I trust it. In fact, I almost definitely don't. But he is putting up those numbers at the moment. That injury for Davis looked horrific. Shout out to the Lakers, though, for pushing through that and winning the game, coming back. But that was really, really bad for Davis. And again, we'll find out more after the break, which is not great that we're going to wait that long. But that's just how long we have to wait. Let's look at the lines of... I should have mentioned this actually before with the Suns game. Chris Paul getting an MRI in his hand. That's what he hurt when he was getting ejected. Hopefully things are okay. Cameron Payne could be back after the break. But if not, Aaron Holiday has taken over as the backup from Alfred Payton. Just wanted to get that out there. Lines of the night. Your monstrous is Ja Morant. Your waiver wire is Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Your young gun is the delicate dancer Alperen Shingun. And your dud is Anthony Edwards. Top 10 players today. Ja Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Alperen Shingun, Nick Jokic, Julius Randle, DeMar DeRozan, DeMontis Sabonis, Anthony Simons, Jakob Pertl, and Kobe White. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Caldwell Pope, good numbers. Streamable, I guess. Emmanuel Quickly, can't trust it. Grant Williams, deeper leagues, 14s. Stevenson, just too many guys out to really view that too favorably. Justin Holiday, no. Teo Maladon, probably not. Gary Payton, streamer. Olenek, I'd like to see a little bit more. Hal Neto, maybe. Bryn Forbes, no. Points leagues. Jamaran at one, then Jokic, Mitchell, Fox, DeRozan, Kuzma, Nurkic, Randall, LeBron James, and... Devin Booker. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, why don't you thumb it up? Leave your comments down below. And guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone.